Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Look like I'm part of the. Yeah. All right, we are live. Is everybody ready? Ready to me? Am I in sync? <laughs> Everybody's in sync. All right, we got a Marion Hampton, the Cleveland running back, committed to North Carolina on the show. You see him on the screen. We're going to ask him a couple questions, and he's going to beat up Sam on the game show. It makes him feel bad. He came prepared with a tank top, though, didn't he? Look at him all swollen. He told us pre-show um, that he did 177 push-ups in a row. <laughs> That's we why he's lost. We right got now. Mario Hampton on the show, man. Mario, welcome. How you doing? You doing good. How you doing? Doing well, man. Tell us about your season and this team you're on. You guys are on one heck of a run. Yeah, I feel like we're doing good so far. Just practicing yeah, I feel like we're going into the season real strong. Well, how about Friday's game? Big rivalry game uh, with with some serious implications. What do you guys got to do to win that? Uh, really just make practice perfect and then just come into the game, focus, lock down, everything like that. Sam, what are you seeing from this young man? I know you were impressed in the background. Yeah, I mean, personally, he's my favorite for Mr. Football right now. Like, the way that he's playing, I think he is dominating. And the reason why this team's so good is literally he's strapping them on his back. I know there's other factors that are going on on this team. He probably won't say that. He'll say that, you know, he'll give credit to the offensive line and things like that. But, I mean, my man came into the show with a tank top on. The boy's <laughs> confident. The boy confident. You know what I'm saying? So, I love it. <laughs> appreciate it. Amari, how much how much are you pushing in the weight room, man? What are you, what are you, what are you pushing? Bench press and squat? Uh, today, I hit 400 on bench press. Wow. What do you hit on the squat? It's like five, nine, five. See, that's a wrong question to ask though, Langston, because uh, squat, it could be judgmental. Like, do they go low enough? Do they not? You know what I'm saying? Do they go deep squat? Do they, they just think they go to parallel? You know. I can't he puts squat. his butt to the mat. What are I you can't squat about? 500 pounds. Go ahead, Gary. You got a question. Hey, Gary. Yeah, uh, Amaria. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Amaria, Gary is the biggest North Carolina fan alive. I just want you to know that. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, Marion, I got season tickets, and I didn't like what I saw up in Chapel Hill this year. Uh, but my question is, are you graduating early and enrolling in the spring? Uh, no, sir, I'm not uh, graduating early. I'm coming in late. Okay. Who who would you say your running style is is most like? If you were looking at another running back, you say, yeah, that's kind of how I run. Whose style do you do you think you you mirror? 
Uh, I feel like uh, most people see like Saquon and like Nick Chubb. Like that. Oh. Okay. And last week you had seven touchdowns. Is that right? Get the cats for me, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, sir. How, how do you get seven touchdowns in a game? <laughs> Run. Run to the goal line, baby. Tell them every time. Run. You that, that, that is absolutely insane. That's my favorite number, too, by the way. So I'd be yeah. hyped. That, that's absolutely, absolutely insane. Okay, so we're going to play this little game. It's a, it's a uh, multiple choice. And all you got to do is, is get the right answers and beat Sam. And it, he's on a little win streak. He's won the last couple of weeks. So four weeks. Gotta, <laughs> what? Week. Last four Ooh. weeks. You have not won the last four weeks. No, we have, have not last week. won. I've won. You have, won. have not won the last. You four have weeks. not. Ties are not wins. Yes, they are. When you have the belt, you got to beat the champ to get it. The ties not a win. Dale, I don't want to hear. I smoke you on the game show. We're gonna get it on, brother. I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the goat of the game show. So I have my guns out, Dan. I have my guns out with him. I knew you were going to talk about the little guns. All right. Uh, Dale's on the question. Amarion, you had a first answer. Here we go. Okay. What is the name of the UNC Tar Heels mascot? Why are you asking him this? I know. Like, like he don't know it. <laughs> a, Tartar. B, Ramses. C, Hillboy. D, Choo choo. All right. Amaria, what's your answer? Choo justice. <laughs> I'm going to go with B. B. Ramses. What you got, Samuel? Mm. I like B too. B is the correct answer, so we are tied at one. Wonder if you know who Choo Choo is. Do you think any of know who Choo Choo is? Did you really know that? Because that's what I thought, but I didn't know. He knew. He's going there. So you just admit it. Just admit it. Langston sent you the questions so you could prep. <laughs> All good. No, I don't send the questions, Sam. I promise you. I don't send the questions. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, let's go. All right. Who was the first? Golly, really? <laughs> Another UNC question. Who was the first UNC Tar Heels coach to win 70 games in his career in Chapel Hill? A, Bill Dooley. B, Mac Brown. C, Dick Crum, or D, Carl, Carl Torgush? Samuel. I'm going to go A, Bill Dooley. A, Bill Dooley. What you got, uh, Omarion? Um, I'm going to go, I think, A, too. A, Bill Dooley. That's the C, Dick Crum. Dick Crum was first to do it. Mac Brown and Carl Torgush both got the 69 in their first tours of duty. So we we are still tied at one. You getting nervous, Sam? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you might get a little more nervous than this next he question. Might I don't be, I mean, you do. Y'all be giving me Tar Heel questions. You know, me and Dale, NC State guys. So. <laughs> Sam, I think he did the four corners on you there, though. Yeah, I think he so. did. I was very. I wanted to be confident in my answer, so he at least came with me on that. I All right, Dale. Here we go. All right. The nation's second leading rusher currently plays for an ACC school. Who is it? Sean Tucker at Syracuse. B. Manny O'Durant at Duke. 
C, Ty Chandler, UNC. D, Jashon Corbin, Florida State. Marion, it's on you, sir. Oh. Um, Mm, I'm gonna go with C. C. Todd Chandler. What do you got, Samuel? Whew. I'm gonna go B. Duke. Dale Durant. Number. Yep. The answer is Sean Tucker. So we're still tied at one. Golly, that was tough. I thought Amari would get that question because he's a running back. I figured he's following that kind of stuff. You gonna be on that list in a couple years, right, Amari? Yeah, I'm not there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, see, what's wrong with confidence? What's wrong with a little confidence? Nothing. Well, that's kind of turned into running back in the last couple of years, too. All right. Uh, Chelsea has this question. All right. Memphis rap star Key Glock is a prodigy of another Memphis rapper, Young Golf. What is Key Glock's real name? A. Markevious McCaffrey. B. Aubrey Graham. C. Kari Cephas. Or D, Jonathan Kirk. <laughs> oh my goodness! Come on, Sam. You know I'm gonna go. Know. I'm gonna go. It's definitely A. A is the answer. What you got, uh, Mario? Uh, I'm gonna go D. D. Jonathan Kirk is the baby out of Charlotte. A is the correct answer. Sam is Let's up. go! Come on! Sam is up two to one going to our final question. So, Marion, you must stop. And I know what Sam's going to do now. <laughs> He's going to do his little cheating thing he does. <laughs> Let him know, Gary, in the back. Let him know, baby. All right. Here you we don't go. want to go for the big win. Here we go, Dan. A win's a win. Here win's we go, Dan. No, a tie's not a win. Here we go, Dan. In the upcoming... King Richard movie, which actor plays the role of Richard Williams, father of tennis great Venus and Serena Williams? A, Danny Glover, B, Will Smith, C, Jamie Foxx, D, Terrence Howard. Well, I like all those. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Amarion, let's go. I need it. I need you. I need you right here, man. Uh, I'm going to go see. See, Jamie Foxx. Samuel, what you got? Well, I'm going to win by two because the answer is B, Will Smith. The answer is B, Will Smith. Yeah. And Sam, you did win. But, but Amarion, it's all right. We're hey, gonna, just gonna... it's like this. It's over the top. If we arm wrestle... You know what would happen. <laughs> let you, you, know. lose. you lose. He's let you know what happened. He's we can put that on the show too if you want to. <laughs> you, you would lose. Amarion, thanks for coming on, man. Um, later on in the year, we're going to have the finals for Mr. Football come on. If you make the final three, I hope you'll come back with us when we name the winner. Is that cool? Appreciate it for having me. Is that a date? Um, we'll get you a little bow tie to go with your tank top. You yeah, know? is that do, do we have a date for you to come back? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, look, good luck to you. All right. Thanks for coming on. All right. Yes, sir.
I like that guy right there. I'm pulling for him. Yeah. Yeah. Eight touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, man. He, I mean, if we stopped it right now, he would be my favorite to win it right now. I know All right, so we got to go find out what the girls got on his mind. 60 seconds with Chris. Hello again, everybody. It's Chris Hughes, the guru of high school football with 60 seconds of the Chris here on Talking Preps NC. And, you know, we got the third round of the playoffs coming up this weekend. Uh, that's certainly the, the main thing on all of our minds. And, and uh, we're looking forward to these big time games about to take place. Uh, but don't forget about the other season, uh, which is about to, to kick off here in the state of North Carolina. And that is the coaches silly season, the, the coaching carousel, you know, uh, with the COVID last year and a lot of the craziness, we haven't had quite the coaching turnover that we typically had. Uh, normally, we average somewhere between 80 and 100 coaching changes a year. I have a feeling that those numbers are going to be back up this year. i got a lot of coaches that I'm hearing are about to turn in their resignation or thinking about uh, changing jobs. i got a lot of big-time um, guys that you've known for many, many years that I think are going to contemplate retirement. Uh, so yeah, the 60 seconds of Chris here, just wanted to, to kind of bring that up, bring that up, uh, and just kind of put that in the back of your mind, because as the season winds down, uh, once the playoffs in, uh, typically either right before Christmas or right thereafter, uh, when the first semester ends, I think we're going to start to get an abundance of coaching moves. Uh, so that, that could affect a lot of things. You could see some assistants changing schools. You could see assistants being elevated up to the head coaching level. Uh, and you, you know how it's been lately. We might even see some of our best coaches here in North Carolina end up at some higher paying gigs, whether it be in Georgia or South Carolina or maybe some other states. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, for Talking Preps NC, this is 60 Seconds of Chris, the guru, and we'll catch you next week. All right. Guru, with a little, little smile there from the guru. We don't always see that. That, that little small smile guy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, Alex, we had a big update today. Uh, the state, legisla state legislators made some changes to House Bill 91. They basically going to adopt the rules around student participation, penalties and appeals, gameplay administration, fees and reporting. After they adopt their rules, they're going to enter into an agreement with one or more nonprofits, including the NCHSAA for a four-year term. The NCHSAA, as you see on the other side, Bobby Wilkins, the president, is okay with this move because they've talked to the Board of, Ed the Board of Education. They believe that's going to be them. What are your thoughts about the revisions and the potential for the association to continue? I am positive and encouraged about the prevailing framework. I would like to see some revisions into the updated verbiage. And what do I mean by that? Number one, the relationship between the State Board of Education and a nonprofit entity to govern high school athletics in the state of North Carolina should be limited to a relationship between the State Board of Education and one nonprofit association. Why is that the case? Because if you hearken back to the days when the North Carolina High School Athletic Association disassociated itself from the University of North Carolina system, the primary mitigating factor in that situation was that the NCHSAA could not be responsive to serving its membership through the NCHSAA Board of Directors and answering to entities 
with the UNC system as uh, at the time based at the Friday Center for Continuing Education. To use the words of the late great NCHSA Executive Director, Charlie Adams, we cannot serve two masters. So this agreement has to be a State Board of Education agreement with one entity. It has to be clear to whom, whomever is answering. It's gotta be a clear relationship there. Furthermore, I'd like to see stronger clarification and hopefully an expansion of this four-year term to include an automatic rollover so that nonprofit entity, hopefully the North Carolina High School Athletic Association is able to function always with a four-year contract. Right. Otherwise, that limits the scope of strategic planning for the NCHSA or whichever nonprofit entity in terms of the length of contracts into which they can enter and have those binding relationships if their term were to expire at some point. So that's a limiting and mitigating factor. So I'd like to see a rollover element incorporated there. Obviously, you're going to have implications for realignment sure. and other things. So I'd, I'd like to see something clearer there. And then just the last details that uh, it needs to be clear that <clears throat> so who is responsible so like say for instance when you partner with that entity the nchsa or whichever one nonprofit, that that entity is the one who makes the hiring decisions in terms of who the ceo in this case the commissioner is of the nchsaa so as to ensure that this does not become a political appointment. You're partnering with the association mm -hmm. or whichever nonprofit entity. So it is that association that determines who its chief executive officer, in this case, a commissioner is. Right. So we see, we'll see how all that plays out. Obviously, uh, this will have some implications on the NCHSAA's uh, articles of incorporation and bylaws and how those are tweaked and realized and implemented. Right. So I like the framework. I like the intent. I'd like to see a little more tweaking and refinement to the verbiage. Chris, any thoughts here real quick on uh, we, changes? I know you want to see more. Uh, just transparency. transparency. You know, thank you. Thank you. And to echo what uh, Alex said, and obviously I feel Alex is the most uh, the smartest guy in the room in here when it comes to his in-depth knowledge of, of the processes and everything uh, within the framework, the NCHSA. And, and, and I agree. I think clarity is, is certainly the one thing that I'd like to see more of just so that there's, a, you, you know what it is that you're looking at. Uh, but I couldn't agree more with what Alex said. You know, I don't want to see an outside entity, a political entity, uh, forcing the hand of who that person is in charge uh, that, that runs the NCHSAA. And for the record, why, again, I, I've always been an advocate of more transparency when it comes to the to just the oversight, I guess, of the association. I still am on the record of saying I don't think that there's any other person or entity out there other than the high school association uh, that should be running this. Uh, but I, overall, I think this is a, a good compromise and a very positive step forward uh, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, Dale, your thoughts real quick, and then Gary. Yeah, so 
is it a good compromise? I don't know. Uh, I'm worried about this. I, I don't like the fact that it could change. One, I don't, the, the, the reason we're here is political. And I mm -hmm. think we all know that it's a, it's a political move, a lot of politics here. And how can there be another entity right now that could take over the NCHSAA and run it like, or, or take over those responsibilities and run it like they do? Uh, I'm worried. I have a lot of worry that uh, this is going to become a political animal that will be controlled through politics, including the um, hiring of people and what they do these appeal processes, all that stuff worries me. I wanted transparency and have asked for that for years. And I'm a full believer in we need transparency. And I, I think auditing and overlooking them, but uh, they, they have to, A, they, they have to partner with the NCHSA, I believe. That's the best thing for this state. That's, that's what two, the NCHSA believes. Gary, your thoughts yeah. real quick, then we'll get out. Yeah, I you know when I this is the first I've seen of it, so I, I don't know the, the details, but it sounds like pork that was just included into the North Carolina budget, which Governor Cooper said he was gonna sign today. We've been without a budget for so long. And usually when they're trying to rush a budget or some other major piece of legislation um to get approved by a deadline, what happens is some politicians will slip other little segments in there, which we call pork, yes. to favor their district. Yes. And so I'm just wondering, is, is this pork with the North Carolina budget? Yeah, I look at it this way. Um, whoever started all this, like Dale said, politically, they had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. And so the, the NCHSAA, they have to give up something, but what do they have to gain? You see, it's it's not a compromise. You got one side that's gaining and the other side that's losing. So, so that's a compromise. Even even if they come back in charge, they're gonna have a set of, of rules they have to follow that are uh, probably a lot different than what they're used to. Yeah, but, but what, like I said, right? I didn't I didn't read it, so I don't know the details. But we'll, but we'll keep following it and see where it goes. Um, but, but at least hopefully they'll have their jobs. I don't want to step on Chelsea's toes. It's Chelsea's world. It's your world, and I'm out. All right, so this week I spoke with Josiah Henderson, O-line from Roseville High School. This week they play Millbrook, who's in their conference. Um, it's a game I really look forward to, but he's also an ECU commit. And I just wanted to talk to him about, you know, their road to the playoffs. And I know last year, you know, making it all the way to the state championship against Chambers, you know, kind of what that chip on their shoulders like and, you know, their goals to make it back there. Awesome. Let's see it. This week, I'm interviewing class of 2022, Josiah Henderson from Roseville High School, also an ECU commit. So Josiah, I want to look back to kind of the first round of playoffs where you guys played Pinecrest and came out with a great win. Kind of compare that to also the first game of y'all's regular season, you know, and how you guys came out with that win in the end of playoffs and just discuss that game. So, um. Well, I feel like first game, you know what I'm saying? Um, as everybody knows, we had a lot of um, seniors and a lot of guys that had to step up and um, 
play different roles. Also, we had a different um, defensive set. I think we're running like a 50 stack at the time, and it really wasn't good for our personnel. Um, we felt like as a team, um, we, we didn't lose by much, but it was just a um, learning experience, you know. We pretty much went undefeated last season, so just a wake-up call, you know, to let us know we're beatable. But um, compared to now, like, like I said, the team's um, the team is gelling great, you know what I'm saying? Things we should have been doing from the jump, we're finally doing. That's why we're putting up big numbers and playing great as a unit right now. Nice. And looking back to this past game against Newburn, you guys came out with another win to move on to round three. Talk about that game and your performance a bit. To be honest, I just want to give a huge shout out to the old lineman. We blocked, we blocked our tails off, and um, especially the defense. They did their thing, held them down. They gave us the stops we needed. And once we get rolling, we're a hard team to stop. And I feel like we have one of the best, off, well, the best offenses in the state. So if our defense can hold it down, we're going to put up big numbers every night. So um, just great shout out to the whole team as a whole. And um, yeah, I feel like it was a great team win. Nice. And with Roseville being in, you know, such a strong conference, playing teams like Millbrook, Heritage, or Wake Forest, how did those games in the regular season prepare you guys to be greater now in the postseason? Um, I really, I mean, those are just some examples of like regular season, like it matters, but I mean, when you have like been through like you no know, war with hard teams, it comes back in the playoffs. Yeah, you could be undefeated in the regular season. But if you really aren't playing anybody and going through those hard games and know what it feels like, what you have to do to beat teams of those caliber, it's not really going to help at the end of the day. So going through those teams, those really um, talented teams, and know what it feels like, what we have to do to win those type of games, it really comes through at times like this where everybody's pretty much good now that we're playing. It's not going to be an easy game. So already having those experiences playing teams like that, that are, you know, dominant football teams in the, in the state, it really helps at times like this, like playoff time. Yeah. And speaking of in-conference teams, next week for round three, you guys play Millbrook. You guys are familiar with their game, played them in the regular season. Kind of talk about that expectation for that game. Um, I mean, like um, Millbrook has a lot of great talent. You know what I'm saying? My boy Wes over there, my boy Nathan. They got some dogs over there, and they're, um, they're coached pretty well. But like I said, man, I feel like we're just – right now we're jail. You know what I'm saying? Um, the team's coming together. We're playing together. We're one unit, and we're just, we're just busting our toes every day. Practice on Fridays. I mean – Hey, it's it's it's, it's going to be a great game, two defenses. So it's going to be a it's going to be a shootout, but I feel like we got it. Um, but it's a lot of great talent over there. It's going to be a great game. Yeah, I look forward to that. And so last season, you guys made it to the championship against a strong Chambers team. Is there kind of like a chip on your shoulder or pressure, you know, having that expectation from last season? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? When you go to the state championship, you probably you pretty much sealed your team as like one of the better teams in the state because it's not easy making that. I mean, I played on the team. It wasn't easy. Even though we won defeated to get there, it wasn't easy at all. So solidifying that place in North Carolina is like, hey, Roseville was in the state championship. Every team knows that. Every team watched the game. So, I mean, every week you go out there, oh, we're playing the last year's um, state champion contender. So it definitely puts a chip on our back. But also knowing the feeling of losing, you never want to feel that on um, feeling again. And, we want to go back and change it this time and go out with a bang. For sure. And Josiah, this is your senior year. Any game could be your last, but kind of reflect on your whole high school career and what's one game that was, you know, really significant to you. Uh, I got, I got, I kind of got two. Okay. So like number one, um, second round last year, no, second um, time we played Wake Forest, um, we blew them out the first game, but on um, second game was a great game. Both teams played amazing. I think it went to double overtime. Um, just that game, no, every the whole team put they all into that game. Like we weren't going now. We wanted to go to the championship so bad, and we did all we had to do to make it. So that game, 
it meant a lot. I mean, that's probably my favorite game ever, just the emotions after and all the hard work we put in to get there. Um, that was a great game. Also, um, the state championship just losing. Like, that's not a good feeling at all. Like, it's not a good feeling at all. Like, um, we played so hard. The team, those seniors, those guys are like my brothers to this day. Talk to them every day. Like, they wanted that state championship more than anything. So, knowing that they wanted that and how hard we put in the work to get there last year, I'm going to give them my all to get back there and try to bring it, bring it home this year. I like that. And so, Josiah, you're an ECU commit. Kind of discuss, you know, your relationship with that school and what made it home for you? Um, absolutely, man. Um, being from the 252, you know what I'm saying, that played a big part into it. Um, it's not it's not far from home, but just the coaching. Um, they're one of the teams that, like, recruit me hard. Um, I took my first, like, real visit there. And um, just since since day one and how they treated me and my family, like, I couldn't. I mean, it was really a no-brainer. Um, my little coaching staff, Coach Shank, Coach Houston, um, the recruiters, Coach Duzik, the whole, the whole program, the whole staff. I love everything about it. Um, we just got two big wins last um, few Saturdays. So, I mean, we're rolling. And we have a lot of great commits coming in. My boy, um, CJ, JD, Eli. We got, a, we got a squad coming in. So, we're doing something real special in Greenville. And I can't wait to get up there and ball out. That's great. Congrats on your commitment. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. And best of luck this Friday. So, thank you. Oh, it's just Maya Henderson. He's one of my favorite athletes to kind of talk to. I think he's really well spoken. I got to talk to him last season with Chris, and I really look forward to this game against Millbrook Friday. Yeah, I wish I was a high school kid. I get on Chelsea's world. It's some great publicity. Be on all these newspapers, websites, and Twitter, and YouTube, and and you do such a good job with it. And, and tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, if you want to be featured on Chelsea's world, it's great coverage with News and Observer, Talking Preps, and see my Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. My DMs are open. Um, anyone just reach out to me and I'd love to set something up. Yeah, and you can be anywhere in North Carolina. You don't have to be in Raleigh or Charlotte. Chelsea, I mean, she goes everywhere. But Chelsea, thanks a lot for coming on. We'll catch you next week. Appreciate you. See y'all. All right. Take care, Chelsea. All right. You see the other guru on the screen. <laughs> I got two gurus. I got basketball now and I got football in the back. So we got Rick Lewis and Alex Bass and Gary to talk a little girls basketball. Alex put together a watch list of uh, some of the top girls players in the country. What are we looking at, Alex? We're in a really exciting time here in North Carolina. <clears throat> this upcoming season, first off, finally back into a rhythm where we'll have a full season that'll be a marathon as opposed to a sprint. And if you look at the classes of 2022, 23, and 24, I've just identified 10 players to watch among these three classes, which will give us a lot of excitement going forward. And we'll just really uh, celebrate a renaissance of women's basketball in this state, the uh, likes of which we I uh, haven't seen since, um, if you want to go back to the early to mid-2000s, all the way back, and you look at uh, the uh, great teams that uh, Gary Richmond had at uh, Vance High School and uh, those that followed at Butler, East Mecklenburg, uh, on at West Charlotte, and we could go on and on. But uh, So let's take a look at who we have here. So let's talk with the class of 2022, our seniors right here. So I want to point out the three of these four players, uh, Maya Joyner at Farmville Central, who's committed to East Carolina, uh, signed with East Carolina now. Uh, we had signing day. I uh, am Monty Lester of North Raleigh Christian. She's the daughter of uh, former NC State pivot man, Avi Lester. Um, 
and Dan Nevar uh, at Apex Friendship. Uh, it was uh, last year. She's a five-star recruit. Uh, that will be a huge get, and she is a top priority for NC State. And uh, Torin Rogers of Murphy, who has signed with Richmond. So three of these four young ladies right here have, have competed in state finals. So they do to take their teams to higher levels. Uh, Joiner, a 6-2 forward uh, at ECU, so obviously a big hometown deal there right in Pitt County. Uh, Lester, a 6-3 center. Um, Nevar, a 5-9 wing. And Rogers, a 6-1. You look at experience there. That's exciting to watch all the way around. Uh, move on to 2023. Uh, Rachel Douglas at Millbrook. Uh, just another six-foot combo guard. Uh, Millbrook has had quite a run of uh, players that, of that caliber and that skill set. Marasia Pass at Shelby was MVP of the state final, yeah. two-way state final last year. And she leads a loaded Shelby team. Once again, a nice five-foot-four point guard. Very fun and exciting to watch. And uh, then lastly, this class of 2024. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> on the national level, I mean, just – Sit back and take the take in watching these young ladies as tenth graders, and think of what you see right now. As great as they are now, what what we're going to see in two years? My no, it's, it's it's crazy because three of these young ladies are nationally ranked. I mean, uh, Gary, what are you seeing in girls basketball? Is it a lot better than when you coached, or is it leveled out? What what are you seeing? What I'm seeing is the numbers are going down. It, there are so many uh, basketball programs and, and those that have a rich history in women's basketball that are not fielding JV teams anymore. Right. Um, and even the teams that do have a JV team, uh, they're not having to cut. They're not having to have tryouts. Anybody that comes out is on the team because the numbers are so low in girls' basketball. The quality of play is good on the varsity level. Um, and most conferences in, in women's basketball are very top heavy. Mm. You have um, two, maybe three very good teams. And then it's a dramatic drop off. It's not as balanced as the boys conferences generally are, mm. uh, where you may have, you know, four or five top level teams in a conference. And, yeah and one or two average teams, and then maybe one bad team. Uh, you don't see that in girls' basketball. You it, Girls' basketball tends to be very top-heavy. Well, on the boys' side, we've got a lot of talent. There's, there's so much talent. We're starting these non-association teams popping up where you go to school at one place and you play at another place, and some of those are reflected in your uh, non-association top ten here, Rick. Let's go through it real quick. Well, you have Combine Academy with Jeff McGinnis. Um, you know, they did lose Robert Dillingham and a, and a few other players, but you still have seven-foot Patrick Westler, who's going to Virginia Tech, and also Jay Nepps, who transferred down from Virginia. They're probably still the top of the heap as far as the non-association teams. Mike Wright is building a pretty good um, program over at Liberty Heights. Um, you know, they have Silas Demery, who played for Millbrook last year, won the state championship. He's over there as well. Um, so th they're very tough. And then you have Moravian Prep, which, um, you know, you have to talk about the Ellis, you know, boys. You got Eli Ellis, the freshman, who went off this last weekend for 31 points against Winston-Salem Christian. And Winston-Salem Christian's pretty loaded. They got two guys going to Providence. And, 
you know, just a roster full of Division One prospects. And then down at Word of God, I mean, you have five guys who are mid to high major prospects on that particular team. And That's then, of course, you have Vertical Academy with Mikey Williams and then Tremaine Parker. Tremaine Parker is one of those guys that nobody really knows about is, is uh, really having a huge uh, coming out party right now. He's 6'2". He's probably one of the most athletic players that you'll ever see. He can jump out of the gym, and, you know, he's going to be on all the YouTube sensations for highlight dunks. I mean, he's one of these guys who can go up between his legs and get his head above the rim and make some of the, you know, dunks you just look at and say, wow. So, um, <laughs> pretty impressive. And he landed on your watch list here. Give me one or two other guys on here that really catch your eye. <clears throat> Um, Freddie DeLeon down at um, Word of God, he's 6'5", 6'6". A lot of people haven't really heard about him, but he's been averaging almost a triple-double. Um, he's been averaging around 27 points a game, over five assists and five, I mean, 10 assists and 10 rebounds. Um, he's someone that a lot of people don't know about. Um, you know, Eli Ellis, I mentioned earlier at Moravian Prep. Um, I think those are the main guys. And, of course, I've already mentioned Patrick Westler at Combine. Um, he had a phenomenal game against Northside Christian where he went for 31 points. Um, he was very tremendous in that particular game. Yeah. How is uh, Mikey Williams doing so far, Rick? You know, it's one of those things that you haven't heard a, a lot about. You know, usually, from my understanding, the most of the highlights have been featured around Tremaine Parker. I've seen more about him than I have Mikey Williams. So, um, you know, I don't – you know, watch vertical that much as far as on the YouTube games or whatever. So I really don't know, but I haven't seen a lot of media buzz this year like it was last year. When my man signed a whole shoe contract with Puma, he's on a 2K commercial. I think he's doing all right. Nathan's all right, Rick, let's, let's take a look at your preseason North Carolina boys poll. We're ranking everybody all together, not by class. Boom, here's the top 20. Well, um, you have to put Greensboro Day at the top after, you know, Freddie Johnson is one of the best coaches in the state. I call him the Dean Smith of high school basketball. Um, they went up against Oak Hill. Now, granted, Oak Hill didn't have their best player, um, Chris Livingston, playing, but that's part of it. You know, injuries are part of the game. Absolutely. They went in. They were down 29 to 14. They came back, and they pulled off the upset. But they have a tremendous roster, D1 players. But he's one of these guys that's just – He's been around for a long time. He's just a guru of high school coaches. Um, I think they're the top team in the state. And then, of course, um, Chambers is the team that I think is the heavy favorite to win the 4A public school on paper. Mm -hmm. They got a, a tremendous amount of talent. They got Jalen Curry, who was on the USA 16-under team. I think he is the best passing point guard in the country. Daniel Sanford just signed with South Carolina. And they have Nick Dorn, who – Last year, this time was about 5'11. He's about 6'4, 6'5 now. And his brother, you know, played at um, Charlotte and then yeah, NC State. Yeah. Ed played at Carolina. So he's a great perimeter shooter. And um, they also have Mario Hansen. So they're going to be really, really tough at the, at the um, 4A public. Um, Burlington School, they won the 2A last year. Ryan Bernardi is a young coach. Um, he has basically reloaded again. Um, I think there's really going to be no competition really at the 2A level for the Burlington School, so he should repeat. Wow. Um, Weddington is one of these teams that is just, and I talked about it in, the, in one of the articles I did, it's, it's about team chemistry. They're led by Chase Lowe, um, who's a 6'4", 6'5", guard. They won the state championship going 18-0 last year. They're moving up to 4A this year. And if anyone can give Chambers a run for the money, it's going to be Weddington. 
Well, Rick, I wanted to ask you, Karma Christian Province Day playing on Saturday is a big matchup with Country Day, but Central Cabarrus, their, their fans got on us for not putting them in the Sweet 16. What do you think about Central Cabarrus? I see you have them ranked in your top 20. Central Cabarrus is going to probably be one of the teams that compete for the 3A state championship along with West Charlotte from the West. Um, you have the twin, the Daniel Twins, Chase and Carson, and also you have Jaden Thompson, who has a Western Carolina offer. They're one of these teams that just play extremely hard. Uh, they play an up-tempo defensive pressure, and they just get after you. Um, they were in our fall league, and basically they were very impressive and beat a lot of really good teams. Um, they went undefeated and, and got upset by the team that basically won the championship, which was Liberty Heights um, mm. Varsity, which has a lot of post-grad kids on their team. So this team, the Central Cabarrus team, is for real. Um, I would say they're going to be penciled in as one of my favorites to win the 3A state championship along with West Charlotte. So you heard it from the guru. Alex, you said you had one team you wanted to add in there. Yes, uh, along the lines of what Rick just said about Central Cabarrus out of the West being a 3A contender. Very, very excited about this 3A classification statewide. Let me throw in a team from the East who, like Central Cabarrus, didn't make the poll, but it's going to be right in the mix again. Right, you saw South Central in the poll. South Central yes. dropped down to 3A this year. West Carteret. West Carteret was the 3A runner-up last year, led by 6'8 pivot man Jackson Ellingsworth and 6'4 swing man Shane Graves, a trio of legit guards in uh, Dylan McBride and J.J. Montford and Rob Cummings, uh, a couple of players off the bench. West Carteret will visit South Central next Monday. November 22nd to open the season uh, down at Winterville. Can we see West Carteret, West Charlotte, Central Cabarrus in the state championship, one of those? Oh, absolutely. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm going to go down to Winterville right outside of Greenville for that game next Monday. That's quite a way to open the season right there. Yes, it is. Uh, so <laughs> West Carteret in the West, I mean, in the East, Central Cabarrus, as Rick said, in the West in terms of that just super competitive 3A league. I mean, you're seeing teams who who couldn't even make the poll who could lift a trophy at the end of the season. All right. Well, well, Rick, let's take a look at your preseason boys super team. Well, I mentioned Jalen Curry earlier. I think he's the best passing point guard in the country. His, he reminds me of Kendall Marshall with the pitch ahead pass, but he's very underrated as a defender. And the area that he's improved the most is his perimeter shooting. Um, I think he's going to be really key for um, for Chambers this year. I think he'll lead them to the state championship. ML Collins last year this time probably didn't even have a Division One offer. Uh, is going to beat Tech. He's six four, six five. He's strong. He's explosive. One of these guys that can really create a shot off the dribble. Might be a better college player than he is high school player, but he's going to help Westminster, you know, compete for a state two A championship. Now, the next two guys are guys a lot of people across the state may not have heard about, but you're talking about Paul McNeil, um, plays for Gardner Road, and he's also out of um, Rockingham, uh, North Carolina, for Richmond Senior. Um, yeah, I've heard speaking, of Paul McNeil. I've never heard of Jaron Stevenson. Gary, you're going to like what he's about to say about uh, Jaron Stevenson. Go ahead, Rick. Well, Paul McNeil, um, talking to Dwayne West at Gardner Road, told me, he said, Rick, he said, this might be the, one of the best players to ever play for Gardner Road. And I said, you got to be kidding me because you have T.J. Warren and Devontae Graham, who's both in the NBA. He said, Rick, watch out for this kid. The young man is 6'6", 6'7", long. 
athletic, a, a small, slender waistline. He just has all the pedigree, the physical attributes, but the guy can shoot the cover off the ball. He has three-point range. I mean, he's, he's standing five feet behind the three-point line, wow. and he'll knock down five, six, seven threes a game. Wow. Now, the next guy, Jaron Stevenson, um, he played last year for Northwood, and they were runner-up to Weddington. Um, he's 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, his mother played at UNC. His dad played at Richmond, and his dad is now the coach at Seaford High School, which is a new high school down near Chapel Hill. He's young for his grade, and the young man has a size 19 shoe. He already You're skipping the headline for Gary. Who's offered him? Uh, he already has an offer from UNC and Wake Forest. <laughs> I would think so if his mom played there. <laughs> I think Paul McNeil and Jaron Stevenson, when it's all said and done, when they're seniors, they could be top 10 kids nationally. Um, some publications already have both of those young men in top 25 nationally. I hope they stay in North Carolina. Rick, on the other side, there's one guy that really catches my eye, Xavier McKelvey. A lot of people don't talk about him, but he is an absolute scoring machine, right? I call him my little Superman because he's 6'2 and he plays above the rim. Uh, although he's explosive and athletic, um, and he does play above the rim quite a bit. He does have the, you know, a the ability to hit the three-pointer, the mid-range. He's a three-level yeah. scorer, and he's also a really, really good defender. He's the complete package. He's going to Winthrop, and in my opinion, Winthrop got a tremendous steal in Xavier McKelvey. I think a lot of people looked at him, and they looked at his size, but the thing about McKelvey and a lot of these guys, he has really long arms. Um, he has like a 6'5 wingspan. He plays much bigger than his listed height, and he's going to help, in my opinion, lead United Faith to the state championship in the NCISA 1A division. Wow. All right. Well, you heard it from the guru. Rick, thanks for coming on with us. Thank it. you for having me. We'll look, forward, back. we'll look forward to having you every week to, to spread the wisdom like uh, Chris Hughes does. I got a guru in football. I got a guru in basketball. I'm, I'm just lucky. He's better. I was going to say the same thing. He's been. <laughs> that would have right. been, so, so, been so great if he'd be like, yeah, I am better. <laughs> yeah, he is. I would have been like, yes, that is crazy. No, we're, we're extremely lucky on this show to have the, the two, in my my opinion, preeminent voices of uh, high school football and basketball. All right. Um, it's time. People are texting me. What's going on, Mr. Football? We're about to Well, as you can see, uh, we have got the list down to eight uh, gentlemen here uh, from around the state of North Carolina, really from east to west. Uh, we just about geographically got them covered uh, from western North Carolina all the way down to the coast. Uh, no surprise with some of these men, uh, and, and they do play like men, by the way. We've seen them on the field all year. Uh, some of them are just putting up astronomical um, numbers uh, both on offense and some of these guys on defense, uh, just in how they control the game and, and change how offenses have to play around them. Uh, but uh, just to kind of throw them out there, Byron Brown, quarterback at Rollsville, uh, he was on the finalist last year. Uh, Gavin Gosnell is new to the list. Um, incredible offensive output, led his team to an enormous win over Burns uh, Friday night in the second round of the two-way playoffs. Uh, Wesley Grimes, uh, again, uh, what he's done straight up, uh, fantastic. 
Amorian Hampton. I mean, good gosh, we saw him on here tonight. He does to me, and I've said this before, I, he looks like he could contribute today uh, <laughs> at the collegiate level. I think he's a year one impact player. Uh, looking there on the right side of the field, uh, page, uh, James Pierce at Chambers. Again, one of those defensive guys that you just absolutely have to to control. Uh, and, and, and if you're an offensive coordinator, uh, know where he's at on the field at every time because of the way he disrupts that line of scrimmage. Uh, Kanye Roberts, uh, I believe he's one of the top one or two scorers in the state of North Carolina down there at Wallace Rose Hill. Uh, got a big game Friday against Steve Stuplin. Daylon Smothers, hey, what can we say about Hollywood? Uh, and Jalen Walker, again, the Georgia Bulldog-bound uh, defensive lineman at Salis- or linebacker at Salisbury. Gary, you you have not seen this list unlike some some of us on here. What are your thoughts as you see it? Well, I saw Pierce and Smothers on Friday night, and they lived up to the billing. I mean, Pierce just – he totally disrupted everything that Hickory Ridge was trying to do um, on the perimeter as well as their passing game. Um he was like a one-man wrecking crew. Their whole defense played well, but yeah. he was noticeable. And then Smothers just took over in the second half. They just direct snapped the ball to him and or sent him in motion and direct snapped it to KC Concepcion. And those two just, just put on a shelf. Yeah. Um, so all the accolades that they get, they are deserving of. Uh, Dale, any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I, I just was it was kind of curious to see Huddy Dimes dimes dropped. Um otherwise uh, this was real uh, good. Yeah, huh? Tad, I was telling everybody it's Tad Hutch. Huddy Dimes is Tad Hutch. <laughs> he looked good Friday night. <laughs> That's what he's got. No, he did. He did he looked good, only played a half, but uh three touchdowns look look really, really good. Real quick, yeah. guys, before we move on, Shrine Wrestlers came out today. Uh they're South Carolina. Um, I, I just wanted to, to show the rosters, some Dutch Fort kids on there. The Myrtle Beach has a quarterback, offensive lineman. Um, and let me get up the other side of South Carolina and let you guys take a look. There's not going to be a game. They're just uh, announcing the rosters. Um, almost seems kind of weird that they're not going to have a game because it seems like um, they're having a Carolina yeah. Bowl. I think it's taking the place of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the second year in a row with no Shrine Bowl, obviously, you know, I'm certainly missing out. Uh, you know, I miss calling that game on ESPNU, yeah. um, and, and so it's tough. Um, hey, seeing the South Carolina roster, you know, the big news also came out, and I know it's not Shrine Bowl related, but a former Shrine Bowl coach um, over at Dorman High School, um, Dave Gutshaw, you know, used to, I mean, just yeah. change the game up at Burlington yeah. Cummins. He announced yeah. his retirement today after 50 years of coaching. Yeah, Pete Gilchrist is one of, one of my good friends in the coaching world. That was his one of his uh, mentors growing up. He always, always talked about Dave Gutschow. All right, let's look at the North Carolina side, which we know a little bit more about. The quarterbacks are two guys we're very familiar with, been on the uh, Mr. Football list. We just had a Mario Hampton on here just a second ago. Uh, and, and you guys can see the rest of the list. Your league nights, no, no surprise there. Uh, David Reed, a uh, little bit of a surprise to me, but he had a great year to be on that list. And uh, Chase Gist, another guy we featured. A lot of guys we featured on, on this list. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. Kind of surprised not to see Wesley Grimes and Jacob Newman on here. And that, yeah, and it may be they're playing other All Star games. The Shrine Bowl is not like it used to be, where they get they're it. not playing it. That I don't know. And exactly, they're not playing the game. So what does it matter? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I'm looking at Jake Reed tight end for Hickory Ridge. Hickory Ridge doesn't even have a tight end. <laughs> Dude, I'm just I'm I'm putting up what they put up. <laughs> yeah, they don't want a tight end. 
Don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just putting up the best, 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 best place right. they could put him, maybe. When, when, when we name our team, Gary, you can fix all that. We got, <laughs> we got our super team coming. You guys get to pick it and make it right. All right. Yeah, those are basically all state teams, so I, I don't know what playing in a all-star game would have to, to do with it. But yeah. uh, Here's the defensive side of the ball. Uh, my man Jason Chambers on there. Uh, Keyshawn Monk, we talked about a lot on Grice's gyms. And Santana Hopper been to Grice's gym. Eli Hall's been to Grice's gym. You guys pick well, yeah. bro. No, I mean, and that's the thing I see here. I mean, we've had Mac David was one on our early watch. This Carter Wyatt, same way. I mean, of course, we all know about uh, Jalen Walker there. I mean, you got a lot of guys that we've noticed and that have had some big games this year. So, you know, I definitely like the list and think it's you know it's appropriate based on that. I mean, you look at Hopper, Eli Hall. I mean, all I think the areas are, are you know, appropriately represented for sure. I mean, it, it's obviously tough to to choose a roster like this across the state, but you know, I think they've got a lot of key names on there. I almost like to see the Strombo come back to Charlotte. It just seems like it gets lost. It would do better, I it think. Needs, it would do way better. It, it, it would blow up. It would be enormous again. So yeah. maybe, maybe now that the fact that uh, it hadn't played for two years, there's an opportunity to uh, to push that button. We got to get the North Carolina Shriners back involved and want to be involved. In I just it, can't but. imagine if I'm in Raleigh. How big a deal the Strombo is. We got my man Will Hart on here from our. What's up, guys? How you doing? They don't well, well, is nah. the Shrine Bowl a big deal to kids these days, Will? Is it still a big thing for you guys? Is that like a goal? I got to be in the Shrine Bowl? Um, yeah, I'm doing actually the Queen City Senior Bowl, yeah. which uh, is like just a thing around Charlotte. And I didn't sign up for the Shrine Bowl, but um, I just did the yeah. Queen City Bowl. But, I mean, there's just a bunch of bowls you can do now. So. Hey, Will, what's up, big dog? What's up? How you doing? Doing good, man. I'm a big fan of yours, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I live right down the road from, you know, the closest high school to my house is Porter Ridge, and uh, I keep an eye on you guys. Every time someone picks against you, I don't pick my own games correctly, but uh, I'm picking your games. <laughs> We're gonna get that I've, been picking, I've been picking your games pretty pretty correct. So I appreciate that. Eight pancakes. Wow. Well, tell us about going up to Grimsley. Travis Shaw was back. I mean, is he a monster? I mean, what's it like trying to deal with him? Uh, yes, sir. Um, him and Tamori, they're both uh, great players. It was a battle all night, um, but we thought we could just come in there and out physical them. And yes, <laughs> I thought we, I thought we did a good job. Um, we rushed for three hundred yards, and it was a really just great team win all around. Yeah, how difficult do you think it is for teams to prepare for you guys? You know, with that kind of option style wing tee kind of. I don't know what you guys call it, but you know, they kind of. Bone boo football is what Grice calls it, but how difficult is that for other teams? Um, I think it's difficult just because we run the – it's just triple pretty much, but we do okay. uh, some other things in pro where we can pass the ball. We have a great quarterback in Miles, and uh, we can just do a lot of different things, and it's it's a lot to prepare for in a week. How about how about the you know back-to-back -back good quarterbacks, one of them best in the NCAA, then you got the guy you got now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'll tell everybody, you know, back in 2017, I don't know, it was like ages ago when we played against you guys in the second round, I believe it was, I thought your coaching staff did such a phenomenal job. It was the hardest game we had the entire state playoffs. They were really good. Yeah. Coach Hertz and coach Smith and all the guys do a great job every week. No doubt. Yeah. Um, well, so you play in Chambers this weekend. Um, mm -hmm. They really seem to kind of find their swagger the last couple of weeks. What do you guys have to do to go beat two-time champs? 
Watch it now. They'll make a video about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think they're a really great team. They have a lot of great athletes. And um, I just think we have to do what we do best and stick to the game plan and just execute. And then it's going to be a good game. And wherever momentum goes to, you know, just execute and it's going to be a good game. To me, it's kind of like two teams that kind of like to play the same type of style. Chambers wants to kind of pound you in the middle. You guys want to pound you in the middle. So it's kind of going to be, a you know, who who can pound who the worst, you know, or pound first in this game. Sure. Um, but uh, how cool is it to be playing this time of year? You know, every you know, there's so few teams playing that everybody's watching you. I'm sure mom and dad are watching. Grandma's probably tuning in. I'm absolutely to be playing right now. Um, well, actually, this is my first playoff run ever, so it's it's like really awesome for me. Yeah. Uh, it's just it feels different. Practices are different. It's just more up tense, more upbeat, and everybody's good. So you got to bring it every week and try to go one and zero every week. So, well, I've been uh, telling the guys about uh, my guy Danny Kennedy out there, and I think, you know, that his coming out party in, in a little bit, a little bit of ways was uh, that Grimsy game. He's mm -hmm. been doing it all year, but, you know, can you talk about him and, you know, the impact you think he may have in this big-time game? Because I think he's the X factor. Yeah, Danny's great. He's he's a sophomore, which is crazy. Um, he's, he's just wicked fast. You know, he can turn a five-yard play into a touchdown and – you know, hopefully he will have some of those this Friday. That'll help us out a little bit. <laughs> My man. Absolutely. Well, Will, man, uh, we're about to run our Grice's Gems this week, and you actually were a Grice's Gem. So yes, sir. You balled. You got the call, baby. And, uh, thanks, <laughs> appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Good luck on Friday. All right. I appreciate that, guys. Have a good one. All right. All right now. Here's Grice's Gems. All right, Coach Grice, so my phone's been ringing a lot. I know my Twitter dings have been going off. I know yours probably as well. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of guys uh, shooting us messages uh, because, hey, it's the second round this past week, moving into the third round of the playoffs, and we've had a lot of guys putting up those can't-miss performances because, hey, let, let's just face it, the seasons are on the line, and you either ball out or you go home and play basketball. So, uh, Oh, I'm getting things at 1 a.m., Guru. 1 a.m., guys are hitting me up saying, you know, I balled. Can I get the call? Guys are just, you know, reaching out. I mean, it's great, but I'm like, I'm trying to go to sleep. But that lets you know the urgency in these performances and guys wanting you to know, hey, my team is still playing. We're trying to go out here and, and make major things happen. Glad to get these guys on here. And these were some amazing performances. And we've got guys all over. Got a guy playing eight-man football. Got an offensive lineman. Got some guys from some prominent high schools. I mean, we, we covered it all, I think. Yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, well, let's hey, let's start right here in the heart of the Queen City. Um, Chambers High School, Kevin Concepcion. Uh, this guy had a, almost 100 yards rushing. Had uh, 58, 60 yards receiving, ran, ran a touchdown back from a punt return. This guy just played a complete football game in a big win over Hickory Ridge uh, Friday night. Kevin Concepcion, he is the real deal. I mean, and I think that's why, you know, this guy has a ton of offers because of his versatility. I mean, he's a kid that we all know that can get, get the ball in his hands whichever way possible. Coach Farabee, you know, his coaches over there are going to do that for him. So, again, not a shocker that conception on it is a crisis gym because he balls every week. It's just in a big-time game when they needed him the most, he showed up huge and really showed up and outshone every other player on that football field. I think he was the best one on the field that, that night. That's why he got the call. No kidding. Yeah, no, nah, complete ball game. Uh, stakes 
high stakes, uh, had to win. Uh, he came through. Uh, so uh, congrats to uh, the Chambers team. Concepcion, well done. Hey, let's move on now. You mentioned the eight-man rank. So we're going to talk about a, a young man up uh, from Cary, North Carolina, uh, Chide Ogan, Cary uh, Christian, put up some amazing numbers in eight-man football. And by the way, I just want to throw it out there. Eight-man football, do not – uh, get a misconception that it's not a real football because I've seen some bona fide D1 power five players come from eight-man football. Uh, I think, if anything, it's a tougher brand of football uh, because you really have a lot of open space. So tell me about this guy, Coach. Oh, man. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, having a guy like this, again, you see how dynamic he is out here. You know, eight-man football, these guys are going to play both ways. I mean, you see, again, he had 17 carries, 259 yards, and six touchdowns. Huge game, but also 17 tackles on the defensive side of the ball. There's no rest over here. There's no you know, going to the sidelines and chilling and hanging out. If you're a guy that can ball, if you're a guy that's doing this, whether it's eight or it's 11, we're going to have you on the field the entire game. You know, big win for those guys. And again, in the championship game, there's a reason why he got the call here. And this was a major victory for Kerry Christian. And congrats on that championship. He was the reason why. Absolutely. Uh, again, I'm a huge proponent of eight-man football. I think that it is what's probably – I think would look good in our 1A ranks. Uh, but anyway, hey, this ain't a 1A player right here. Let's talk about yeah. a man amongst boys in the 4A ranks. Omari on Hampton Cleveland High School. We talked about this young man all year, just putting up amazing numbers. I think he's going to be a year one contributor for the Tar Heels. Uh, but let's look at his performance here against uh, Laney on Friday. I mean, he already looks like it in, in the Tar Heel blue over here. I mean, he seems like he fits right in. Again, we've talked about this guy all year. You know, we, we've said this even in our Mr. Football segment, but it applies here. It, when you get to this point in the year, if you really are a guy that's one of the best in the state, we need to see it happen right now. We need to see it in the playoffs against top competition, against playoff eligible teams, and he did just that. I mean, you talk about, you know, having 20 carries, 182, and six touchdowns on the ground, also having a, a pass reception for a score. I mean, it's a guy that's doing it big. And, I mean, again, he's not a, he's not a 1A player, as you said, Guru. He's a Power 5 player, one of the best in the state, who when it's this time of year as we're getting close to Thanksgiving, he's showing you exactly what who he is and what his team is about to do. So I'm looking forward to them continuing to make a deep run with him as the guy you're going to need to stop if you want to be victorious. No kidding. And I know the segment's about Omarion oh, oh, Hampton, uh, but we got that glimpse of Skylar Locklear as well. He's the hidden gem on that team. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to get a chance to see both of them play because that's a phenomenal team coming out of the East. Uh, they're going to have a, a good chance of um, making it further down the road. We'll see. Uh, now let's go to a – a team that has just got an amazing offensive line. Uh, they fueled that line, fueled the victory over Grimsley on Friday night. Yeah, the Grimsley team that had won about 23 straight ball games. Uh, but Will Hart, offensive lineman, uh, paved the way for 300 yards rushing. I love that camera view. Uh, tell us about it, coach. Oh, love, hey, love the butt shot. You know, you're able to see exactly what's going on. Again, we're going to get guys all over, man. You know, we, we looked at this game, thought Porter Ridge, I thought it was going to be a tricky game. I think I said that on the segment. You know, it was going to be a tricky game for them because of the option. Even with an aggressive defensive line, an option attack is going to be what can help you be successful. This guy, you know, again, showed you why he's good against one of the top defensive lines. Uh, you had, I think he recorded them as eight pancake blocks, which is, you know, going to be the reason why he was successful. I mean, when you dominate a defensive line such as Grimsley, create those lanes for your running backs, there's no, no reason, you know, no, we understand why they were successful in this game. Glad we could highlight Will Hart, one of the best offensive linemen on a team with a potent rushing attack. They're still playing, and that's why, because they had a great offensive line. Will Hart was the standout for that group. 
Absolutely. A great job uh, again to Will Hart and that entire Porter Ridge team. Uh, they got their hands full Friday night, but you look at that offensive line. They very well may be up to the challenge. Uh, finally, let's go to the 2A ranks, uh, 2A West. I was breaking down the field my last night uh, up late looking at football, and this guy may have had one of the best high percentage nights I've seen in a while in a sudden death playoff game. Uh, Balin uh, Lee leading uh, the Shelby Golden Lions, uh, connected on 17 to 22 passes for 500 yards, coach, and a big win over a really, really good and a really physical Polk County team. I mean, it's we talk about these the lineage of great Shelby quarterbacks, and Dalen Lee is getting an opportunity to put himself right in the pantheon of these great QB performers. I mean, 500 yards off 17 22 passing, you know, it fits the Grice's Gym's QB checklist. I mean, high yard, you know, high high yard totals, high you know, high completion percentage. It's no secret why he's here. I mean, we've talked about this guy and used all the superlatives here, but what a great performance from a top guy, top player, one of the best in two A ball, and if he keeps on. I think we've got to at least consider him for the Mr. Football Watch list. But a great performance by Dalen Lee. Shelby's doing what Shelby does this time of year. Nobody's surprised, but we knew a performance like this was going to make it look pretty easy. No kidding. He looks great. Um, they got a good chance of moving forward. I love it this time of year when the, the first frost comes about, those beautiful green Bermuda grass fields turn black or turn brown. And a team like Shelby, they paint those lines black. You know that it is deep playoff football when you see those highlights. Oh, definitely. Like I said, again, as we talk about, you know, this crop of Grice's gyms is great. Playoff time, you're going to get amazing performances, and that's what's got me most excited. These performances aren't against, you know, Joe Bob University. These are some great teams that are playoff eligible, and we say, again, they, the games keep getting bigger and bigger. So these numbers and these performances show you some really top performers, and the cream's going to rise to the crop. Again, hey, this week, you know, whether, whether I win or I lose, my phone's still on. I'm checking you guys. You know, let me know if you're a Grice's gym, if you balled or your team went, you know, your team did well. Heck, even in a losing effort, if you were really carrying your team and almost had an upset, you know, at Coach Jay Grice, at Guru Chris Hughes, at Langston Wirtz Jr., at Observer Preps. Let us know. Give us your yards. Give us your film. Whatever we need. Hey, it's getting close to Thanksgiving. You want to be playing on Thanksgiving, we're, your team's going to need your best performance. When you do that, let us know and hit us up. Ball so you can get the call. I carry my phone with me everywhere, guys. So uh, hit us up. Uh, again, another week of uh, Grice's Gyms. Uh, Coach, um, good luck this week in your game. Uh, hopefully, I'm sure your team might perform, put out a couple of Grice's Gyms as well. Uh, but for all the players out there, uh, we appreciate covering you. We'll get you guys next week. All right, guys, let's take a look at the private school playoffs here. Uh, got some state championships uh, going to be played this week. Uh, there you see the Division One final, uh, Raven Gap. Uh, 92 going to take on uh, Coach Chad Greer's uh, Providence Day uh, Chargers. Uh, and then there you see the D2 final, uh, the Cabarrus Warriors. I've been telling you guys about them. The incredible football team uh, are going to go down to the far southeastern uh, reaches of North Carolina. Harold's Christian, uh, the 11 and 1 uh, Crusaders down there. Uh, so, um, hey, let's hear about it. I mean, Raven Gap and Providence Day, that's a big-time game. I mean, they played earlier in the year, and it was a very tight game. It's going to see a lot of coaching adjustments. So if you really appreciate coaching a whole lot, that's a big game to go to because both of them studied each other. They've played against each other. Now let's see what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I agree. That's where I'm going Friday night. Big, big game. 
to it's go. It's going to be a big game. I'm excited to see it. I mean, Jordan Ship, you know, Grant Logan, who we've had on here, you know, some big time guys from Providence Day that are going to need those big performances if they want to win. Hard to beat a team twice, but you know, it's going to be on the backs of those two players if they're going to be successful again. Yeah, that's the same thing with uh, the other game. Those two teams have played already this year. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So who won the first meeting? Harold's. Oh, they did? Was it like yeah. a – It was a one-score game. game. Okay. Yeah, very, very close game. That QB Tyler Green for uh, the Warriors. He's going to need to have a big one. One of my favorite Twitter uh, accounts, Ty Beats Losing. He's got to do everything he can to win that one. But I, I like them. I think they have a great shot to win. Yeah, I like Will Jones as well. Uh, but, hey, guys, let's take a look at the 1A playoffs uh, entering the third round Friday. Uh, starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, I still think we're a week away from some of those epic uh, matchups that are going to define this uh, playoff bracket in this football season. Uh, but we'll start here with the West. Uh, Murphy, you know, they're the defending state champions from uh, the spring football season going on the road to take on the number one team in the state, uh, Coach Burton Cates' Eastern Randolph uh, team. Uh, Eastern has been undefeated. You know, they've had some big wins over some uh, some big teams. Um, North Rowan or Robbinsville, that's going to be a contrast of styles. Thomasville and Mitchell may be the best game in the 1A ranks, especially on that western bracket. Starmount, they're getting good at the right time. Uh, they're going up to Mount Airy, though. Mount Airy has been scary good. And then let's just take a look at the eastern bracket. Perquimans at Tarboro, uh, Rosewood at Northampton. Uh, Pender County uh, and Northmore, that's kind of the game I really like on the um, the east. And then south side and north side, uh, that's the uh, the Anchor Bowl. Uh, that's going gonna, gonna to be a good game as well. Is that the Anchor Bowl part too? Wait, no, I'm, hold on. I may be wrong about that. I can't remember if the Carteret schools or the Beaufort schools played the Anchor Bowl. But either way, uh, incredible um, rivals. You know, they're, the, the county is separated by the, the sound that comes up there to Washington mm. And you got the north side of the county and the south side of the county. Uh, really cool. All right. Let's take a look at Mount Area has allowed 18 points so far this year in 12 games. I'm That's ready crazy. to see what they're going to do. I like them a lot in that 1A bracket. That's crazy. What do you got in your, in your uh, rankings here, Chris? Well, really, you don't have a whole lot of changes, uh, but I think that's going to change this week. Uh, but, again, uh, Eastern Randolph undefeated in Mount Airy right there, hot on their trails in Tarboro. Let's not forget about those uh, – multi-time defending state champion Tarboro Bank Vikings there in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, and then Northside, remember they lost to Murphy 14-7 to in May. Uh, those top four, maybe five teams uh, have really separated themselves. You know, Robbinsville kind of got down early. You know, they played a tough schedule for a 1A school, played some 3A and 4A schools, uh, but they seem to be getting right at the right time. Uh, Thomasville, you know, their traditional power, uh, they've really gotten better. Uh, with Coach Gillespie. Northmore's a team all year. I hadn't really seen them face some strong competition, but they're really solid. And then against Southside, uh, they play Northside Friday. Any surprises to you so far, Chris, uh, in the 1A brackets? Anything? No, that not at all. Uh, I've had, I think, only one game all in the entire bracket was won by a lower-seeded team. So it's all just kind of chalk. Huh? Yes, sir. All right, let's look at the Baby Fight Club, Grace. That's correct. <laughs> it is. I mean, it really is that baby fight club. And, and took look at these two teams, uh, East Gaston. I mean, look at the year that Coach um, Postel has done over there. Uh, great year. Uh, they've got to go on the road, though, and take on uh, those Golden Lions. We know that's going to be a tough game. Uh, Hendersonville at Reedsville, that may be 
I don't know. Uh, you got Salisbury and Maiden between those two teams, just some incredible football being played uh, this week in the 2A. Of course, let's not forget about Coach Johnny Sal's Monroe Redhawks uh, going up to East Surrey. Uh, and then looking at the, the east side, not necessarily a top heavy this week, uh, but Nash Central, uh, they are going to go take on Princeton. Princeton had that big win against Kinston Friday night. That was big for them. Uh, St. Paul's and Whiteville, somebody's going to have to lose uh, finally at <laughs> that two team. Then also uh, Washington. By the way, Washington's not undefeated, but uh, they're still pretty good uh, going up to Northeastern, who is just really scary, scary good. And then Wallace Rose Hill at East Duplin. Again, two teams that are just phenomenal at what they do. They both kind of run that phone booth uh, wing tee football. Uh, it's hard to know who's got the football sometimes, but they're really good and athletic. I know we picked a different game for our game of the week, but you talked about Salisbury and Maiden. Is it going to be that Maiden passing offense against the Salisbury defense? Is that what it's coming down to, Chris? I think so. Uh, and, and Maiden's offense is really clicking. Remember, Salis Salisbury had their way with them uh, last year. Uh, but Maiden, uh, I feel like the offense is a whole lot better. That's a more seasoned team. I just really like this Maiden team a lot. Uh, Salisbury's offensive line also is just not quite as strong as it had been in previous uh, the past two years with them going to the state championship. But when you got Jalen Walker and that defense, uh, the way they've been playing, that certainly makes up for any deficiencies. Yeah, that's a that's a top five matchup there and in your in your rankings here. Yeah, no kidding. And now you see at Reedsville again, uh, winners of I think 31 straight, uh, 32 straight, uh, Northeastern, Salisbury, Shelby. Uh, again, all blue bloods here in two-way football, maiden. Uh, biggest little football town in America, Hendersonville, uh, after that huge win over Burns, Whiteville, Monroe, St. Paul's, and Princeton rounding out the top 10. I mean, you, Grice is right. I mean, this is the mini fight club. I mean, every single one of these teams that's ranked could potentially come away with this state championship. That's pretty impressive. All right, before we get into our 3A and 4A, let's see who the fresh faces are. There's one guy on here they, they gave me a hard time about. They said it wasn't a fresh face. But since we hadn't told you guys about Noah Rogers, he's a fresh face. Here we go. All right, Coach Christ, here we are again another week, another uh, round deeper into the playoffs. Hey, you're still coaching in the playoffs. Uh, that's pretty hey, one week away from Thanksgiving. I've, I've, I've played, uh, you know, the weekend of Thanksgiving. I'm trying to coach the weekend of Thanksgiving. We're one week away, baby. I've coached two Thanksgiving days, best feeling ever as a coach. Yeah. Uh, and I know that that's what you guys are trying to get to. But anyway, hey, we got a lot of players that are trying to get Thanksgiving practices. Uh, let's talk about some fresh ones here. My favorite segment, your favorite segment, here it goes, Fresh Faces. And the first guy we're going to talk about here today, we're going to go up to Colonels with Glenn, talk about that crazy, crazy, crazy game uh, between Myers Park, uh, that 54-53 uh, victory uh, that the Glenn Bobcats had over uh, Myers Park. And he threw, if I'm not mistaken, this young man threw three interceptions early in the game, got down 35-14 before just – having the most amazing rally, uh, throwing, I think, four touchdowns, probably about a 1,000 yards in that game uh, to get the Bobcats back in and ultimately win and talk about this guy, Coach. 
Oh, my goodness. I was coming down the mountain and saw this score and then read the article later. I mean, you know, what an amazing job and what great resilience. You know, three three interceptions in the game, but leading your team back and having a never-say-die attitude as a senior. I always talk about this time of year where seniors just having that attitude of, I don't want this to be my final game. As a quarterback getting the ball in your hands every play, he had that, that ability to impact the game and bring his team back from such a big deficit. Throwing for over 300 yards in this game is no secret as to why they won this football game, and it was on the back of Camden Coleman. So glad we can highlight him here on this segment. But, I mean, what a great performance and a huge win for Glenn. Yeah, Camden Coleman, I just looking at the highlights, he's a guy that I would want leading my team. I mean, just tremendous grit and just moxie uh, by him uh, in, in the face of elimination. He had that brown black trash bag about to pack up his stuff. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he kept going. Uh, so uh, big time for him. Uh, let's move on down now to Porter Ridge. Now, you talk about a fresh face. This is a fresh face, uh, a sophomore that don't play like a sophomore anymore. Uh, Danny Kennedy. Uh, man, he was a do-everything player, rushing yards, receiving yards. And, and by the way, he helped fuel a big-time uh, upset over Grimsley. Uh, tell us about that guy, Coach. Hey, big time. He's hey, he's fresh to you. He's not. He's old to me. He plays on our seven on seven team. This kid has been a bubbling secret. You know that's now kind of come, you know come on the stage in a big way. You know we talked about Porter Ridge. Everyone talks about their option attack. This is a guy that can go vertical and make a big play in a game here. I mean, one of the fastest players on their team. Even though he's a young guy, he's been one that you've got to watch out for. With that great speed, he can turn a, a simple play as we see here. Ball was on the ground. He was able to make it in, into a big return against a big-time team. So I'm ready to see him on the big stage against Chambers this week. But, you know, you already know that. If they're going to have a big play, it's going to be because of Danny Kennedy. Sophomore, playing like his, his senior year, and he didn't want to leave either, Guru. All right. Uh, let's move now to the uh, private school ranks. Uh, team that I talked about last week uh, during our um, – our program saying do not uh, sleep on these guys, and, and that is Xander Lamb, uh, the Cabarrus Warrior team. Uh, there you see him right there. Uh, had a hundred and sixty-five yards receiving and two touchdowns uh, in their state semifinal win over Metrolina Christian. Oh, definitely. When we talked about this team, I mean, Coach Jamie Bolton's got these guys going. We've highlighted the quarterback in uh, green in many ways here. You see why he's had such great numbers. I mean, Xander Lamb looks like a, a big-time guy out there as far as size-wise. You know, he's able to go get the deep ball, and it looks like he has the speed to stretch the defense. But, you know, Tyler Green definitely is, you know, looks like he's confident in just throwing that ball up there. Doesn't matter who's around. He knows Lamb's going to come down with it. Yes. Good-looking player. Uh, huge win. Uh, again, I see this team uh, continuing uh, to look good. Uh, got another big game uh, coming up this week. Uh, and then finally, you know what? And this guy, let's be real. This next guy is a fresh face, but he really is not a fresh face. I watched well, him put on a show in the state championship game last year. Uh, Noah Rogers uh, has 1,000 yards plus receiving 18 TDs. He was a dynamite player uh, in their victory over Newburn Friday night. Uh, tell me about this receiver. I mean, what's the what's to say that we haven't all seen? I mean, everybody that watched the state championship game saw that this guy was just um, you know amazing here. Again, he's only a junior. He is only a junior in this film, which means he has so much room to get better and better. But I feel like I've seen this guy even at, you know during youth ball. I mean, he's been a guy that no matter what stage he's been on, he's been one of the best players on the field, and it's continuing. You know, we've noticed their resurgence. We've noticed, you know, as, as Guru, you would say, the buku numbers that they've been putting up lately. We, we know Byron Brown's had a great performance. He's definitely going to get the ball to his guy here. And, I mean, look at this amazing play. You know, feel like he's getting out of a, you know, a, group, of, a group of players to make a big-time return here. So, 
he might be a quote unquote fresh face because we haven't had him on the segment, but he ain't anybody he ain't new to anybody that's been watching football here the past year. I've seen a lot of receivers in my days, uh, coached a lot of receivers. Uh, this guy right here has what I think is going to lead him to a playing career on Saturdays uh, at a big at a big time level. Definitely agreed. All right, man. Uh, well, there we go. That's another week of fresh faces here uh, as we move into the third round, make that the third round of the high school football playoffs. Uh, for Coach Grice, I'm the guru. We'll catch them next week. All right, maybe we have like Dale and some others next week. Uh, Langston as a fresh face, like maybe <laughs> he's been on the show before. Chris, real quick, three A playoffs. Hey, real quickly, uh, Forest View. It's a team that I predicted. I'm not hey. trying to give South Point any bulletin board material, but Forest uh -oh. View in my initial uh, bracket was a team I had going to the fourth round of the playoffs. You know, that was an overtime game against South Point a few weeks ago. That is going to be an epic ball game uh, played over there in Gaston County. Again, I can't sing the praises enough of Gaston football this year. Uh, North Davidson at Crest, a uh, big game. Kings Mountain at Dudley. Sam can tell you about that Kings Mountain team. They're very good. They're going to have their hands full with the Dudley Panthers, who may be the best team in the 3A ranks. How Brighton at Statesville. Statesville is undefeated, a team that I've seen get better week to week to week. Uh, looking over there at the east, Westover uh, going on to Eastern Alamance, Jacksonville at Lee County, uh, Greenville Rose and 71st. That's going to be a big game to watch. I could see an upset in that one maybe. Uh, and then Scotland County uh, going on to Northern Nash again. I think Scotland may be the team to get out of this bracket, but you never know. Scotland, wow, that that, that would be pretty huge. Uh, Sam, we're going to pause right here. Um, a lot Give him the one shot. Giving you a hard <laughs> time. Don't one shot me. Don't one shot me. Give him the one. I mean, we don't have to play. A lot of people giving you a hard time on social media this week because of your comments last week. What do you have to say to the Kings Mountain Faithful? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. That's If you don't know who I am by now, then if you watch the show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be direct. Uh, I'm going to hype up my team. Uh, I believe in West Charlotte Lions. I feel like if we played again, we'd win. Um, just the way I the way I communicate things. Now, I got the most respect for the Kings Mountain players and staff. They are top notch, and they deserve to win. We did not play well. I know I said I made the comment about, you know, we just got to play good and we'll win. We don't have to play great. We didn't play well. Uh, and then as soon as I did the show – the next day, I lost three defensive starters, and it hurt. It's really bad stopping the run. And they beat us the worst way to lose, uh, running the ball just strictly down our throat. Like, we couldn't do nothing. I mean, it was it was devastating. Couldn't stop them at all. And it was uh, kudos to them because they played smash-mouth football. They're a traditional program, and we weren't ready to take them down yet. But I look forward to, you know, the next few years getting to compete against them. All right. Well, there's the Mia Copa from a man saying, let's, let's see your rankings, Chris. And, and I'm just going to say this. I was at that game. I watched uh, both teams. I love the what I see at that West Side program. West Charlotte's going to be really good here in the coming years. So do not worry about what Coach Griner's got going on. But anyway, there you see them. Greensboro, Dudley, number one, Fayetteville, 71st, number two, Statesville, <laughs> Northern Night, Eastern Alamance, uh, Crest, uh, Kings Mountain, uh, Lee County, Scotland, and Jacksonville. As you see, several of these teams play one another uh, this Friday night. Uh, so those rankings could uh, jumble up uh, moving into next week. Well, we're getting close to the end, so <laughs> people are going to get shuffled around. Um, I'll tell you what, i tell you what, our bracket where it matched up is a very difficult bracket for Kings Mountain, for Dudley. I mean, it was dead man's curve right there. I felt like we had, had our own little mini fight club. 
Before you were like, we don't have to play a great game. You know, don't call it Fight Club. I mean, out of the three eight teams, oh, we we had to beat Stuart Kramer, who was you know an underrated team. They're very physical. You'd have to beat Kings Mountain. Then you'd have to beat a Dudley. Then you probably anticipate you'd have to play a Stagefield. Then probably you'd have to anticipate playing Crest. That is a hard road. That's a tough road, man. Guru, drop those 4A, please. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I've been waiting. Hey, it, Bryce. To say to the Chambers people, he's been, he been talking about it. So, Gary, have you before Chris gets into it, what do you got to say to the Chambers folks? Um, what <laughs> Did I not say last week they were going to win the game? Yeah, I said not, I said it won't be close for a while. That's it wouldn't go down to the last possession. Um, it would be a good game, but Chambers would win. That's exactly what I said. He did say that. He did say that's that. not the issue. Yeah. Oh, I know it's not the issue. I said yeah, that's, 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 that's where your yeah. company needs to come from, man. Guy, hey, those guys are too, man. Say what now? I said that's where the Mia Copa needs to come from, man. That's that's the part where it was a little borderline, man. Well, you gotta look at it, Gary. Gary, hey, guys, guys out here coaching on both sides. Hey, I'm oh. not, I'm not, I'm not changing my mind about who has a better staff. But it doesn't matter who has a better staff. It's who got the better players. You know, coaches <laughs> don't play. He's gonna give more bulletin board. Oh, I don't look, care look, about look. that bulletin board. And we're gonna and we're gonna talk about bulletin board a little bit later on. But let's let Chris go through it so we don't get too heavy. What you got, Chris? All right, guys. Hey, I want to start at the east this time. Uh Knight Dell. Um, they're they're a team that is getting uh right at the right time. Uh Coach Anthony Timmons, uh that bunch, they're going down to Leesville Road, who knocked off the Raiders in Raider Stadium uh, Friday night. That was a shocking win. Uh sent some shockwaves across the four A ranks. Uh Rollsville. Uh, at Millbrook, I think this is the best game uh, featuring at least the best uh, quarterback receiver combos in the state uh, between Fortune to Grimes and then Brown uh, to Rogers. So that's a good game to look at. Um, Gibbons, let's see. Uh, well, let's go Panther Creek at Hoggard. Uh, that's two teams that had some defensive slugfest last week. Uh, but then let's take a look at the the West. I know I know we got a lot of people here in Charlotte that really want to know about this one. Uh, this Mallard Creek game at Huff. Um, Sam, uh, tell me what you think about this game because you've seen both of these teams. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think Huff is the best team in the state. Um, they are amazing. Um, they don't have any weaknesses on their team. Mallard Creek is peaking at the right moment. So I'm excited to see what Mallard Creek can do. Now, Mallard Creek's, uh, you know, front seven on defense is as good as anybody's. It's just they have some deciding factors on Huff that can change the game. I mean, you're not going to have a weakness in the kicking game. You're not going to have a weakness in throwing the football. You're not going to have a weakness in running the football. O-line, no weakness. Defensive line may be one of the best. It's just a very difficult game for Mallard Creek. But um, at the end of the day, Mallard Creek is peaking at the right time. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what, if I went to a game, this is the game I would go to. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to Mallard Creek's own. He may be 704 paid, but he was 336 made. Uh, Coach Grice, tell me about these two big 336 teams, uh, the Battle of Kernersville round two. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that, that game, you know, the first game, I, you know, was our, you know, was my guys' right game of the week, and it lived up to the billing with an overtime game. I mean, I'm expecting something very similar. I mean, both teams have shown how tough they are. Glenn with a major win over Myers Park. I mean, just, oh, my goodness. Like, I didn't, you know, unfortunately didn't see it, and I wish I had. 
um, the way they were able to come back. Easter Scythe, I mean, we'd always talked about them being in, in four single A back in the subdivision, you know, we had the subdivided uh, 4A. I mean, they're doing the same thing now with this one big fight club. They're in the final eight here in the West with a great shot to go into the final four. Kudos to them. And I think this is a game you better bring your points. I mean, regardless of how cold it is, both teams have shown the propensity to score. And I think you're going to get that in this game, uh, rematch in round two. No, I agree as well. Uh, Cuthbertson's a team that even with a bunch of losses this year, I had kind of kept in the, the 30s range in my extended football rankings. I identified, I knew that they were a gritty, a tough-nosed football team. They've had two big wins on the road, uh, albeit against Watauga and Lake Norman last week. Dale, I know that they're good, but do they have enough to beat uh, Weddington this week? You know, I, I saw them play South Mech, and I was highly impressed with what I saw. Uh, but they lost a lot of games early. They have certainly come together. The biggest thing that I see about this is when is Weddington going to see a team that they don't know as well as they know their uh, brothers and sisters? Uh, you know, each way they these two teams have played already. It was not a blowout. I think it was a two-score game. Uh, Weddington's a great team. I, I think Cuthbertson's going to have to bring everything they've got and hope for some uh, Weddington mistakes, which are, I think, very rare to, uh, to be seen. Yeah, uh, very good analysis right there. I happen to agree with you right there. And then finally, uh, Gary, uh, you, you're very familiar with this Chambers team. Uh, you know, they're going to have to take on a Porter Ridge team that went up to Greensboro Grimsley again, the defending state champions. They had won 24 games in their own right. Uh, and they're going to have to play an assignment, perfect assignment football against a team that executes that triple option very well. Uh, you know, the strength of Porter Ridge is that fantastic looking offensive line you've seen the pancakes and just how physical they are up front uh what kind of problems do you think that's going to present uh to chambers or as chambers you know they're just so good and athletic and you know they they, they seem to just flip a switch this time of year is it going to be an issue or are they going to get right through them to the fourth round gary uh well first of all let me say i expect chambers to win uh congratulations to porter ridge but greensboro football ain't charlotte football and they beat a Greensboro team. <laughs> now they got to beat a Charlotte team. And I some, some people on our panel thought Grimsley was the team to beat, though. Oh, I know they. I mean, they got the state's best player. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't know if if a defensive lineman can control an entire you know offense the way they were running. It looked like there was a lot of double team blocking, but. You know, that's last week. This week is a new challenge. Um, Porter Ridge is always good on offense. Mm -hmm. They are always good on offense. I don't know how good they are on, they are on defense. And that's where they're really going to have to show themselves is stopping, um, you know, Concepcion and Smothers. And those two were outstanding last week. Um, they adjusted to what Hickory Ridge was doing at halftime and it was a different game at, you know, after halftime, mm -hmm. um, as I said last week, Hickory Ridge's dude was dependent on others to get him the ball. Um, Chambers, they just snapped it right to Hollywood or they snapped it right to KC. And so they know how to get their stars the ball. So and that would be good. That sounds good like coaching. your coaching, right? Great coaching. Great coaching. That's great coaching. 
That's great coaching. That's an adjustment. Look at Gary. You guys are too much. You Gary, you okay. you got, we, hey, man, I'm tired, man. I've been watching film all, all night. Man. All right. You can't, you can't come in. Dale, Dale, what's your question? Yeah, I'm just going to say you just gave Porter Ridge some ironing board material. Okay, we're going to get to that. There's a lot of great games this week, guys. There can only be one game of the week. You already right. know we had to choose a hey, Roseville and Gibbons. Alex, where are you at? Where, what's the address again? Oh, he's on mute. It was going to be perfect. Oh. Uh, yes, uh, Cleveland High School, 1892 Polenta Road, Clayton, North Carolina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I'll you. I'll be there. Yeah, so again, Gibbons' uh, Cleveland game is going to be pretty big. I mean, mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me, three keys I have. First, uh, production from the supporting cast of both teams is going to be key. I mean, we know about Donovan Shepard for Gibbons. Uh, you know, has about 1,600 yards, 19 touchdowns. Of course, Amari and Hampton. I mean, you know, the superlatives are a long, you know, long list there almost 2,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. We know those guys are going to get there. So, I mean, I, I liken it to, you know, some of the old, you know, your top basketball games. Those guys are going to get theirs, but the supporting cast is going to be key. Connor Clark, the quarterback for Gibbons, you know, he has over 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns. You know, what can he do? Can he be successful getting it to the triumvirate of Ian Evans, uh, Shotwell, and Raphael, three receivers that have each about 400 to 600 yards? You know, they like to spread the ball around. And, I mean, even watching the Chambers game, you know, earlier in the year, those all three are guys that can make big-time catches when you need them. In this type of game, whoever's going to have the big explosive play, and those are going to be the guys that are going to do it for Gibbons. Uh, on the Cleveland side, I mean, we cannot we cannot neglect and not talk about Skylar Locklear. Uh, you know, again, he has uh, uh, four, I think it's twenty touchdowns, one pick. He only has one pick on the season. Just his efficiency and the way he's able to distribute the football, he's going to be key. Um, Deshaun Middleton for them, uh, receiver, eight hundred seventy five yards and twelve touchdowns. A guy that if you know everybody's loading up the box for Hampton, he's going to be the guy on the outside that can have the ability to make explosive plays. Uh, number two, can Gibbons stop an elite running back? I mean, Gibbons has a had a great schedule. They faced Hollywood, you know, held them to under under 100 yards, even though they gave up two touchdowns. Played Richmond County and Kellen Hood, who only had 103 touchdowns and a uh, sorry 103 yards and a touchdown, which is definitely notable considering the games that he's had this year. Also, Lisa Rhodes, DJ Scott, uh, we had him as a Grice's gem. It's, he is a high volume <clears throat> carry guy with a lot of yards. Held him to 27 carries. For 94 yards. So again, they've played some top backs and some guys that we've highlighted here. So defensive coordinator Nick Drew is definitely going to have to you know make sure he has things dialed up. He's ready to stop Amarion Hampton as best as he can, but ensure those other supporting cast members aren't able to you know to, to be you know make an impact on the game. And finally, we know Gibbons has faced talent. We've seen what they've done. They've played tough teams, and they've shown up pretty well, even in their losses. You're talking eight-point loss to Chambers. You're talking about a three-point loss in overtime to Myers Park. Cleveland hasn't had that opportunity. It's no shade to them. It's not, you know, not anything that they can help. But how do you adjust when you have to play your first four-quarter game of the year? They haven't had that opportunity. We need to see that all of their players – I know Hampton's good for it. I'm not doubting him at all. But are all of their players, including their defense, ready to defend for four straight quarters, something they have not done all year? Gibbons is battle-tested. Cleveland isn't. We got to see if Cleveland's ready to go. 
Uh, all in all, this is going to be a great game. I'm excited to see Cleveland have the opportunity to show everybody, hey, we've had a light schedule, but we can match up with the state's elite. It's going to be a great one. I personally think the winner of this comes out of the East. I mean, with no Richmond, I, it's hard to argue. I mean, it's, you know, I think Leesville's got something to say, though, but I, it's, I, I agree it's going to be tough. Let me jump in on uh, Coach Grice's question. Can Gibbons stop an elite running back? The answer is yes. September 20th, 2019, Cardinal Gibbons at Cleveland. Marion Hampton was a sophomore. Now, of course, we all acknowledge Mr. Yeah. Hampton's. Did you prowess. see that kid? <laughs> I said Mr. Hampton's. Uh oh. <laughs> yes, Mr. Hampton is very impressive. I have seen him myself in person multiple times, including uh, once this season. And he's a very personable young man, as we saw this evening, as I had an opportunity to interview him. But September 20th, 2019, you want to talk about the fires being stoked for this game right here? September 20th, 2019. Cardinal Gibbons defeated Cleveland 36 to nothing at Cleveland High School. Cardinal Gibbons is the last team to win a game in at Cleveland High School, regular season or playoffs. Cardinal Gibbons and Nick Drew is the only defensive unit. If you want an explanation of Nick Drew's prowess as a defensive coordinator, Cardinal Gibbons under the under the defensive coordination of Nick Drew is the only team ever to hold Cleveland scoreless during the head coaching tenure of Cleveland coach Scott Riley, who is a Cardinal Gibbons graduate as well. So all, all of those things right there. But in terms of can Cardinal Gibbons, I won't say stop, but contain an elite offense like Cleveland, the answer is yes. The proof is in the pudding. And look for uh, Nick Drew and his defensive unit to extend their prowess in this competitive game, which has all the makings of an instant classic both ways. Outstanding, Alex. Hey, why I got the floor before we move on to the next shot at Langston. And you can go ahead and mark the tape, Langston, so you can uh, cut this for the social media. Uh, you know, Langston, he he named me the guru. And when you, you have the notoriety, you got a lot of fame and, and all that. But you also bear a lot of responsibility. And I got to do a me a couple of my own because, remember, it's in my brackets that I picked Grimsley and Richmond to go to the finals. So I've got to fall on the sword for that one, too. Uh, so go ahead and pepper me all over social media, guys, because I know that they're going to want to hear the guru say hey when i was wrong but you know what i'm man enough to will up and say you know what i was wrong but anyway guys hey we're in that big three shot and you know what that means gentlemen lock the door baby lock the door welcome to another edition of Favorite segment of the show, Sam. What you got? I just want. I would really like if we got some Phil Collins theme music before we started this segment from now on. Just like the drum part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam. I got to throw it out here to you. It is four questions this week. I am going to remind you of that if you want to kick or receive. I'm going to receive today. All right. Here we go. Oh. All right, Coach Griner, this is for you. Are you starting Cam Newton on Sunday against the Washington football team? 
No doubt about it. It's not even close. Of course I'm starting him. Uh, he's not coming out of the game, actually. If you start him, he, he shouldn't come out of the game. It, does he know the whole playbook? Probably not. Does he need to know the whole playbook? No. He brings a certain energy to the team. The energy is the deciding factor of how NFL teams are going, the momentum shift. Everybody is so good in the NFL, and I think he brings that extra edge to Carolina that they've been needing all year with that stellar defense that they have. Now they got a little bit of energy. It feels really good. I feel like we can make a run and make the playoffs. It would be pretty special with Cam at the helm. Ron, are you getting older, man? You don't have the same energy you had when you were younger. I love that having him come in as a great change of pace. He doesn't know the offense completely yet, which is okay, it's, and it's completely understandable. He's coming into an offense that he's not completely familiar. I love the fact that it seems like they have a package for him that he's able to execute at a high level. And, again, you put him in a situation where he's able to come in at certain moments in the game, give you what he's got, and then bring that back to P.J. Walker. I think it accomplishes two things. One, it allows you to have a capable guy in P.J. to make sure he's able to do everything he needs. But, two, if Cam realize, you realize in the game he's not ready to go, you can't fall back on P.J. Walker. But if there's a situation where P.J. isn't ready and we're able to see that clearly, Cam's coming in like the relief pitcher, baby, and all of that energy that you need that he's giving you those boosts, he's able to bring it for the rest of the game. And, so again, another, another wrinkle, Ron Rivera's on the other side, baby. Who knows Who knows Cam better than Ron? Yeah, and and Washington Redskins had an opportunity to, uh, to sign him as well, and they did not. Um, so I think there's a little bit of chip on Cam's shoulder. Don't, you know, don't think there is not. And it, is Sam, if Sam Darnold was playing, are you trying to say that he wouldn't play over Sam Darnold too? I'm that's curious. Not the question, the question. You see, that's the problem. You ain't read the question. No, it's just the question. The current starter is BJ Walker. I'm, the I'm starting Cam. You're wrong, man. You don't no, pay a guy ten, Walker's the current you starter. You don't pay a guy $10 million. You don't pay yeah. a guy $10 million of this much season to go. They, they, yeah, they they're not five guaranteed. They're paying Cam 10. They're paying Cam $10 million. They replace, they're paying Cam's replacement, his replacement's replacement. Now they're paying Cam again to replace him. Uh, so, yeah, the they're Cam there. there's no question about it. Uh, but anyway, Coach Christ, uh, you're back up again here. Question number two on Coach versus Coach. Uh, should the NCHSAA get rid of the East-West model that they're currently in with the playoff bracketing and just do a straight one through 64 so we can ensure uh, that the best possible matchup of, of the best teams uh, maybe play themselves out for the playoffs? No, I, I disagree. I think this. I think with the way we're doing it, and again, the way we're doing it right now, we are getting some of the biggest upsets and some of these teams that may not be the best team because I don't care about the best team unless I'm number one. I don't want the best team. I want me to make it. And I think it's a great situation, and the better chances of upset are with familiar foes. And that's what I think you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of people that are familiar with another team that are giving them a great – that are giving them great effort, and that's the chance. It's like if you're one of the favorites or you're one of the top teams, the pressure is on you to compete against guys that know you. And I think that's where you're getting the best football. I don't care about the best in these situations. I want the best quality football. And I think with this, you know, with the big 4A and big, you know, single division – for single, no, non-subdivided brackets, we're getting some great football. Wouldn't you say that, Griner? Definitely get some great football, but I would love to see them get away from the um, – if you ask all the East teams, they would probably say, nah, keep it the same. You ask all the West teams in 3A, 4 they are like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, go ahead and mix that. All the time. It doesn't matter, whatever. Go ahead and mix that. Now, an East team can win it here and there. Ain't no doubt about it. And and then I think 1A, they're one of the strongest writers at 2A. Guru. Guru. Yeah, both both of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying though, 
I mean, Richmond County was even on the West for a long time. Do you see what I'm saying? It was a very strong. I just think that it'd be kind of cool to go ahead. We pay the schools that are making it. You know, it'd be kind of cool. Like, Charlotte teams are always going to play Charlotte teams. Wouldn't it be nice to go, you know, near the beach and play a game and get the Charlotte oh. out there? Yeah, because I haven't have worked ranking because my regular season schedule was harder. That's crap. That's unfair. What do you mean? Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to say like an East team can play a West team before the finals. That would I'm be great. Like, that far I, for a team that I think it'd be great. And then you get even Steven football. They didn't play. They didn't play anybody. Yeah, well, but still, we still we need to go to by strength the schedule. <laughs> yeah, well, well I mean, we, we all be higher then. There you go. <laughs> Again, unless unless you just ranked them top to bottom based off of winning record, the one loss record, uh, the subjectivity of however the rankings would be to establish that 164 uh, would be too questionable for me. Uh, so, you know, right now, you know, it is what it is. We kind of take it is how it is. Uh, but, Sam, with this next question coming right back at you, and be careful because you are a current head coach. I don't want you to be getting a nasty gram from uh, Mark Drabobus or anybody at the NCHSAA <laughs> for your answer. But how do you improve the officiating uh, in high school football? Um, one easy reason or one way to do that would pay them more, um, make it a competitive thing where a lot of people want to stay in officiating and then you get better quality. Um, I just think that we don't pay them quite enough. I think they should be making probably closer to like $150 a game compared to, you know, like the 90 something bucks they make a game. They make more money going to the Pop Warner games on Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that we need to pay them more. And then we can hold them accountable, get them through. Like, if you pay them more, we can also get them more training, do certain things. You know, like the NFL is the NFL. They are trained up. Now they get paid really well. That's because they had the best officials. You start going to ACC, the SEC, they got really good officials. You don't see, like, certain things happening in those games. Now, it'd be kind of cool. We have this sideline huddle thing now, right? It'd be kind of cool. I know the games don't want to go long or stuff, but that'd be kind of cool, though, if high schools could somehow – Go to the replay. You get one replay, you know, throw your challenge flag in high school so that we can get some of these decisions, you know, overturned. That would that would help out these guys a lot as well. Man, I'm not going to your school where you got some 16-year-old pointing camera over here and you're trying to call that a catch. That is not what we're doing, girl. Let me first say that. Um, but for me, you know, kind of I put my auditor CPA hat on. Uh, improving high school officiating, to me, I think it would work with transparency and how each referee is graded on a weekly basis. Uh, that's one of the bigger things for me. I mean, we get that as coaches where how we did is always reflected publicly by our win-loss record. Um, you know, so I think for for officials and even for us seeing a win-loss record, Griner, that's always a catalyst for me to you know, work harder, for me to study harder, for me to do things because I want us mm. to be perceived as a good football team. I think referees should have that same level of pride in their grades. If you're a referee that's graded out as a 90% or 95% based on what you did for six weeks, you know, I think you should be recognized. And again, we would see that and it's, oh, in the playoffs, this guy deserves to get the high profile game. That's one of the greatest things I look forward to in being able to coach in big time games from when I was at Hopewell that I see the difference in high quality refs that are allowed to coach in bigger time games between bigger teams. I don't think that's controversial to say. I think that's a you know a statement of fact. So publishing and tr being transparent about how well these officials are doing is going to be a catalyst to make them perform well. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. I, I would agree with you on that for sure. All right. Uh, well, since Sam is going to get the final word, Grace, we're coming right back at you for this final question here on tonight's Coach versus Coach. Uh, what role – 
does bulletin board material really do with winning in football? It's everything. <laughs> but I think I think with the caveat of knowing your kids, um, you know, I, I think you know you see teams like Chambers uh, do that do a great job with that one. You know, it's a situation where you're putting, you know, your kids in, in a situation where you're creating doubt, you're creating non-belief. And a lot of these kids these days thrive off of non-belief or the ops or whatever, you know, term, you know, that they use, I guess, in, you know, for their contemporary vernacular. You know, Guru, it's funny. I talked with uh, Chachi Sullivan at Huff this weekend. He told me that uh, to apologize to you because, of course, he told his kids that you said that Jacob Newman would run for 270 yards uh, this week. You know, so guys are even coming up with things and saying that other people said things just to rally their guys. So I think it's vital. And I, I, I think, you know, Griner, I don't want to say learned a lesson because he didn't learn a lesson. But when you do that for a football hungry place like a Kings Mountain, it doesn't matter the vein of what you said. And I, what I, I didn't think what Griner said was over the top. But that area bleeds football. They really love football. I'm getting messages from people I know out there to tell you to say you know X, Y, and Z, and that they're tuning in to hear what you have to say. It's not that what you said was wrong, but you got to understand that you're walking into something that's crazy. And thank God you weren't going out there to Kings Mountain because I would have loved to see what was going to happen there. Hey, Sam, before you answer, I've always told coaches, uh, hey, if you need to use my name in vain and say that I said something about your team to motivate your players, that's fine. As long as you know that it's not personal coming from me, hey, I'm fine with it. Sam, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I would do the exact same thing these other coaches are doing, like the the chambers of the world. I'm going to use it for motivation. I would do the exact same thing, do a clip up, make a video. I would do the exact same stuff. I think they're doing exactly what you're supposed to do to get an edge this time of year. I try to do the exact same thing to give my kids an edge. That's what we feed off, confidence. You know, West Charlotte hasn't been, you know, over the top great in the last, you know, 10 years where people are saying our name and stuff. So I'm trying to bring a little bit of confidence to us and let them know that I'm confident. Could I be wrong? Yeah, I was wrong. You know, um, that team whooped our tail in the trenches and they beat us down. I'll, I'll admit it. You know, if they could beat us 100 enough, nothing, if, I'm, the, I'm the type of person that's this. If someone could beat me 150 points to nothing, do it. I'm not going to be – why would you run the score up on me? I got to get better. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to change. If you need to say something to me, go ahead and say it. I, I wouldn't change what I said one minute. I didn't say, you know, we're a way better team. We don't have to play good. Uh, I said we don't have to play great. We need to play good, and we still will win. And I still believe that. We did not play good. We played poor. So if we would have just yeah, been yeah. Steven, I think we'd have won the game still. Yeah. Hey, true story. Uh, how we used to do it back in the old days. I remember it very well. 2001, we had a huge game with Davie County, uh, and we sent our own players flowers uh, from the floor and told them that Davie County sent us flowers for our own funeral. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> to motivate the players. So you know, we've that's, done stuff like that. For that's us. rich. That's rich. Now, I wanted to circle back before we got here. I was curious what you think about the NCHSA question. Should we get away from East and West seeding to get the best teams to the finals? There are certain teams like Richmond that needs to be in the East uh, to, to give the East a more competitive opportunity, I think, in the, in the finals. It, it at least in the 4A. Now, granted, there have uh, the Raleigh schools did change that. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have a huge problem with the way we've been doing things. I really don't. Other than I, I really would like to find a way that we can 
more balance the East and the West because I think the West is when when Grice talks Fight Club, you know that's when it comes to playoff time. That's exactly what it is in the West, and it really that's, what, that's to what's be a, behind the idea of see not taking away the East and West is to get away from that. Right, I know. I mean, why don't we do it and we get to see the rest of North Carolina? Like football is big, we can pay them more. We can pay teams more. Like the the NCHSA is a uh, we're trying to re. Do this type of or the guys make more money, right? Like I think, team. I think they're looking at travel costs as one of the, the main. That's, what, that's a big issue if you start sending Mecklenburg County teams east to play, and I mean they uh, go play anyway. Chambers played Cardinal Gibbons. Um, Chambers, yeah, Chambers going to play during that's somebody a good in basketball. Point. They go anyway. Give me, give me four or five teams that are doing. I'm coming West Charlotte and playoff games against Durham teams and Fayetteville teams, like yeah. second round. Well, and I guess to be honest, with the, as far as 4A is concerned, the um, uh, this probably is a bigger impact down in the lower classifications where yeah. the travel from the mountains to the coast would start happening more. Because yeah. when you look at 4A, we're mainly looking at Raleigh, Greensboro, uh, Mecklenburg County areas, right? So uh, maybe a little bit of Fayetteville. So that's where it's really going to hurt is that 1A and then maybe 2A. In travel, yeah, you I know, think I it's probably harder in a sport like basketball where you're going to play two to three games a week. But football, you know, that's going to be on a Friday night. That's going to give people time to plan. Um, I think I think it may hurt ticket sales where you don't have people that will travel that far right. on a weekday. Right. But I think you, you want to see the best teams when you at least get to the final four. Yeah, yeah you do. Harder in the smaller classes than it would be in the big. No, I mean, yeah, imagine, imagine. I don't care. Not no best team making it to the final four. No. Wait, wait, yeah, that, say that biggest. again, Grice. Say that again. I don't want the best teams making it. That is for y'all, the fans. I want the team that is the best team right now. And if that means whoever the twenty-six seed, that means the two seed, that means the five seed. I. That's what I want. That's a fan no, thing. This, this Grice right. has on his Malik right. and his Malik Creek hat. All right, I didn't realize how heavy we were, fellas. I apologize. It's time for the star of the show. Give no, no, I, shot I'm going to give it up. Up. Grice, I'm out of the playoff. I'm giving it up Grice. Give Grice my, my last segment right here. Go ahead. Oh, I wanna, you surrendered your time? Explain so to me, Grice, why you guys are going to win. Let's go. Real capital He's surrendering his time. <laughs> that is that's incredible. I, I wish you let me prepare, but you know I'm just thankful. I mean, you know we're a week away from Thanksgiving. You know the big thing we've been preaching to our kids. You know nobody picked you to be here. Nobody thought you would be at this at this stage. Be thankful that we've made it this far through some tough teams. We've got the number one team in the state. You know the Huff Huskies. Everybody knows about them. We're coming in as the underdog and going to give them everything we have. So biggest thing is just preaching all of that in advance of Thanksgiving. You know I'm thankful for you guys as well. So you know that's kind of what we're on this week. I'm tired. I don't feel like I'm at my best today, and I feel like all of us are, are like that at this point. But uh, you know we're here. Let's go. All right. Well, good luck. Folks for being so heavy. I didn't even realize that I was laughing at coach versus coach and, and <laughs> Sam taking it on the chair from Kings Mountain all That's week. Fine. Hey, I and 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 I can do that. Like I, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. Give me move. Give me next week. So Gary, Chambers people, Gary be back next week. Oh yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> Chambers is gonna be back. Chambers is gonna win the game. <laughs>
There you go. They, they won't put they that don't, the they ain't gonna put that in the clip. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, if if I think every the game everybody wants to see is Chambers versus Huffman. If both teams don't look ahead, I think there's a strong chance we can get that. But we'll see. Weddington's got something to say about that. All right, I'm Langston. That's uh Coach Griner, the voice, <laughs> the star of the show. <laughs> Surrender this time today. My man oh. Grice, the assistant coach at uh, Mallet Creek, enjoying the ph phenomenal playoff run. Dale Ross, the great Dale Ross, the guru, Chris Hughes, the number one voice of high school football. Alex Bass, who's awful quiet today during the show. We didn't hear much from Alex. And then my man Gary Richmond. We are talking preps. We'll be back next week. Appreciate it. No, Alex had that great.